Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They played on different teams, but at one point, they were the talk of the Quebec Pee Wee Tournament. At one point, they were the talk of the Memorial Cup. They were the talk of junior hockey. They do have a couple of things in common. Both went number one overall in the draft. Guy Lafleur in 1971, our guest in 1970. They are both two of the greatest players to ever play the game. Today on the Sick Podcast, greatness recognizes greatness. I had a chance to see him at Guy Lafleur's funeral. The great Gilbert Perrault is coming up on the Sick Podcast. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero, the sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadiens win the Stanley Cup. Sports entertainment like no other. Brought to you by 8.6 Beer, intense by nature, and Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. The menu will surprise you. Marinero, the sick podcast. And yes, the menu will surprise you at Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time that you go back. Man, how I would love to be at Lacage Sport talking hockey with our next guest. But I guess the best, the next best thing is doing it right here live on the Sick Podcast and also brought to you by 8.6 Beer, intense by nature, the way he was and the way the flower was, the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. Before I introduce our next guest and bring him in, I'll tell you that I was at the Gila Fleur funeral. Uh, I want to start by saying hats off to the Montreal Canadiens. I thought uh, the entire process by them, whether it was Gila Fleur lying in state at the Bell Centre uh, on Sunday and on Monday, or the funeral on the Tuesday, the whole organization of the event, uh, they they left out no detail whatsoever. I mean, it was absolutely, it was a perfect 10, much like Guy Lafleur. And I had a chance to see so many people. It was uh, uh, an honor and a privilege to be there. I actually sat in the front row. It was a center aisle the right side and the left side. And I was on the left side in the front row and I had a chance to, to take it all in. It was, um, it was beautiful. It was emotional. 
It was um, it was simple. It was great. It was everything that Gila Fleur was. And speaking of greatness, I thought it would be a great time for greatness to recognize greatness. And when we talk about greatness, we talk about Gila Fleur, but we also talk about the great Gilbert Perot. Gilbert, Tony. how are you? Very good, yourself. Good. Very well. It was so nice to see you at Gila Fleur's funeral, albeit under obviously very sad circumstances. Uh, but it was a celebration of his life, and a lot of people were there celebrating his life. And you know, I'm so glad I had a chance to meet you. And I, I think we may have crossed paths once or twice before when the legends were doing uh, some of their games. Um, but all my life, my dad and one of his very good friends, uh, Pino Azaro, have talked to me about the great Gilbert Perot. So I went over today and I went over at the funeral and I said, Gilbert, Tony Marinero, so nice to meet you. And he said, I know you. I see you on TV every now and then. Oh, yes. That, that was nice to hear. I, I've um, been watching you on RDS. Yeah. yeah. A few years ago, yeah. Thank you very much for that. Um you know, you and Gila Fleur, you have so much in common. Um, at one point, you were you were both in the Quebec Pee Wee Hockey Tournament, and you both spoke highly of it. You were the talk of the Memorial Cup. You were the talk of the draft. You were the talk of Quebec. You were the talk of junior hockey. You were the talk of the National Hockey League. You played your entire career with the Buffalo Sabres. You did have a chance to play with Gila Fleur at the Canada Cup, which is something that we're going to get to a little bit later, but when Guy Lafleur was around and he was asked about at one moment he, he knew he was going to be a hockey player or what inspired him, he always talked about the Quebec Pee Wee Hockey Tournament, which he played in in 1962, 63, and 64. And if memory serves me well, you played in it in 61, 62, and 63. Is that accurate? Uh, I think I played the first year of the tournament. Because the okay. first year was not, I think it was in 59, 60. Yeah. The first year. Yeah. yeah because uh, it was not at the uh, the Colise. It was at the uh, Victoria Park. And the final was at the Colise, though. But I remember that. I re My son was playing hockey there one day, many, many years ago. And I said, I, just, I said, I must have been playing here at least one in my life. And I couldn't remember what was the time. And yeah. All of a sudden, it came back, and I said, well, yeah, the first year of the Peewee tournament. Yeah. That wow. Was so did you uh, – so you played the first year, you said. So that was what, 61? 59-60. 59-60. Okay, so yeah. when you played, Lafleur did not play in the Peewee tournament, or did you ever play yeah. against each other at the Peewee tournament? No, we never played against each other. Uh, oh, wow. We, we, did, we had played me. We were playing probably three games, and we were out of it. Because every time, you know, we were, the first game was not too bad, second, but when you came to the third game, you know, you always played in Toronto, who had yeah. big, big team, you know, they were, they were such, you know, the population there was yeah. 2 million, and Victoriaville at that time, we only had about 35,000, so. Wow. They, uh, they had a great team. Toronto, the so. the Lafleur story with the Pee Wee Hockey Tournament is actually a, a pretty funny one, because... Uh, Thurso didn't have a team, and I believe, if memory serves, he played for Clarence Rockland, and uh, they brought him over. And uh, in his first year, I think, five games, 45 goals, including 19 
in a game versus Lake Placid. Well, he had that big slap shot, you know, when he was young. Yeah. The goalies were scared of that. So what I heard about it was that goalie was, they were coming out of the goal, the, the goal because yeah, that was so powerful. And yeah, I think he was scoring seven or eight goals every game. Gilbert, you were so awesome with the uh, with the the Montreal Junior Canadiens, of course, in 68, 69, 70. Uh, you tore apart the league. You were the talk of the town. And, and you know, it would attract so many people. I mean, you really put on a show back then. And uh, you had a chance to win the Memorial Cup. And, and I you, you never really played against Guy until I think you played one Memorial Cup versus each other. Did you not? Or how many times did you play against each other? Because you were in different leagues. You were in the OHA. And he yeah. was in uh, the Quebec League. Yeah. Well, we didn't keep, in, at that time, uh, in Quebec, they didn't keep their players, you know, because I played one year in Test Fermine in a junior A. And I was playing with Rijaul and uh, Mark Tardif. And and we won everything there in, in Test Fermine. And after that, instead of keeping us in the Quebec League, they were shipping us in the Ontario League. So Montreal, uh, we were playing in Montreal, and Montreal was the only team playing in the OHA. So I guess they were picking up all the guys, different guys from different team in Quebec, bringing them in uh, in uh, in Montreal, and uh, that's why we had such a, a great team, you know. And uh, with with for mind, we had five guys. We won everything there, and uh, five guys the next year. Uh, we were shipped to uh, Montreal. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk more about what happened uh, thereafter, but I want to get to some of the images from uh, the uh, funeral, and uh, it was really quite the scene, huh? Here we go. Here's some uh, some photos of uh, of the day. There's inside Mary Queen of the World Church, of course. This was beautiful, beautiful ceremonies, you know, honoring Gilafleur. See. Where uh, pretty much everyone was there, right? Prime Minister Trudeau, um, uh, Prime Minister of Canada, and the Premier of Quebec, of course, Francois Legault, Mayor of Montreal, Valérie Plante. Uh, uh, you know, yeah, a lot of players from different teams. You know, right? yeah, Daryl Sittler was there. Lanny McDonald was there. I mean, uh, Joe Sakic was there. Can you imagine his team had a playoff game and he came in and he was a former teammate of Gila Fleurs and he was a roommate as well. I think there's more pictures that we can see. Here we go. Do we have others? Probably every every team uh, sent players to represent them. Probably. Yeah, the commissioner of the National Hockey League, Gary Bettman, was there, and of course the Montreal Canadiens. Not every player on the team was there, but most of the players were there. There's a picture of him lying in state at the Bell Center, which took place on Sunday and Monday. There's Carey Price, of course. You see Cole Caulfield. You see Nick Suzuki. Uh, others. All right. Um, what a day um, when you when you can you can you tell me how you felt when you when you heard about his passing, which what happened on the uh, Friday, uh, April twenty second. Uh, you know, everybody knew he was uh, he was pretty sick. So uh, I talked to him about a year ago, and uh, that's probably a year ago. Yeah, we started to feel you know to be sick. So yeah. You know, I was telling him, hey, he stay positive. You never know in uh, in uh, midst, in uh, with the doctors today. They might come up with something new, every, you know, every day. They might come up with something new, so you never yeah. know. So stay, stay positive and uh, 
and uh, you, and you know stay try to uh, listen to them what the he had the different operation you know so yeah must have been tough on him and uh, I just you know I just can't believe he's gone I mean yeah just, uh, and when I heard that he was gone uh, uh, the twenty second well it's always he always hit you anyway you know you don't, yeah. don't expect that and, yeah. Uh, you want you want him to live forever. Yeah, uh, it, it, it's tough. I, I've had a chance to speak with so many of his former teammates, and and today I said, you know what? Let me speak with uh, one of his opponents who went up against him, who can tell us really. And uh, the great Gilbert Perot, uh, you know, greatness recognizes greatness. Uh, not everyone knows your story, and I want to talk about it because it's an unbelievable story. Uh, the Canadians traded their first pick in the 1970 draft to, to, to the Golden Seals in exchange for their first pick in the 71 draft. Uh, it wouldn't have mattered because it was Buffalo that actually won the first pick overall in 1970. So unfortunately, there was no chance of you being a Montreal Canadian. But, you know, I read up on it. And nowadays it's a lottery, right, with the balls to see who's going to get the first pick. Back in your day, it was a roulette wheel. Is that correct? That's right. Well, they had that roulette, and uh, from 1 to 10 was Vancouver, and 11 to 20 was Buffalo. And I guess when when they turned it, turn it and, uh, I guess the arrow stopped right in front of 11, but the arrow was uh, hitting uh, one number, you know, like the number was like that one. Yeah. One over the other one. So Vancouver got up and said, hey, we got the first pick. And I guess Imlax saw the, saw the arrow was covering the number. He said, no, 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 no. Take a good look. It's number 11. Which, so was, that, which was Punch Imlax's favorite number and went on to be your number in the National Hockey League, number 11. I had number 11 with the Montreal Junior Canadian. And uh, they, they asked me, which number do you want? I said, hey. Any number, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll keep the number eleven, no problem. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 an awesome. So you go first overall in nineteen seventy. Lafleur goes first overall in nineteen seventy one. That was the big draft where it was between him and Marcel Dion, of course. I look back at your careers; it's unbelievable. It almost can't get closer than that in terms of the numbers. Have you ever taken a look? At the numbers, your numbers, Guy Lafleur's numbers, and taking a look at how close they are—it's incredible. Uh, well, he didn't play; he retired young. I mean, he was play what 12, 13 years in the league. Yeah, he come back. So at the end, he was what 37, 38. 39, yeah. So if you want to play, uh, I'm sure he would have had more goals. Yeah, but, but regardless, hey, listen, the numbers: Gilbert Perrault in eleven hundred and ninety-one games. 1,326 points. Guy Lafleur in 1,126 games, 1,353 points. And your playoff numbers, you averaged 1.14 points per game. Lafleur averaged 1.05 in the playoffs. Your numbers were so close. Two great players. What a pleasure and an honor it is to have you uh, here with me tonight. So talk to me. When you played against Guy Lafleur, what can you tell me Besides the the booming slap shot that he had and his nose for the net, he scored goals. The first player in NHL history to score fifty plus goals and a hundred plus points 
in six consecutive seasons. But is there something that you can tell me beyond the numbers? Well, he was a very spectacular hockey player. You know, in Montreal, I mean, not only in Montreal, ever, you know, Buffalo, we were waiting for him. We knew what kind of player he was. You know, he had that speed and uh, and he, he had that power. I mean, usually two-day players are on the ice for 30 seconds, 40 seconds. Our time, we were on the ice for two minutes, but he was on the ice for three, four minutes. He was very strong, strong uh, man and uh Powerful, powerful yeah. skater, great shot, and uh, you know he had the that touch, you know that touch with his slap shot right in the corner all the time. You know, he, they were a natural goal scorer. He was I, a very natural goal scorer. I had a chance to catch up with Ethan Blay, who I saw at the funeral, and uh, we were walking back to the Bell Center, and I had a chance to catch up with him. And uh, your name came up, uh, and I told him I said it was so nice to see Gilbert Perot. And he and Guy have been, were friend, have been friends for over 45, 46 years. He was the Habs PR in 77, 78, 79, and they, they became very, very good friends. And he said to me, Tony, you have no idea how many times Guy Lafleur told me, if only I could have played my career with Gilbert Perot, the amount of goals I would have scored would have been crazy. So uh, he would have loved to have played with you, which you did with the Canada Cup teams, of course. Yes, we, uh, we had a chance to be together in the... Uh in 76 and 81, but 81 was uh, very, uh, very important for me because I was playing with, with him and and Wayne Grisky. And uh, in 76, I was with Marcel Dion and Bobby Hall, which was not too bad either. So we, I was, uh, the two Canada Cup were really good, really good for, for us. And uh, it was, uh, it was a great, Great tournament. We, we we won the first uh, in '76. We won we won that tournament, but in '81 we lost one game, and it was the last one. So yeah, but, uh, it was amazing playing with Guy and, uh, and Wayne. I mean, yeah, but you were you were out in '81. You missed that final game, right? You were out with a broken ankle. I broke my ankle uh, in semifinals, uh, so I probably missed one or two games. So, uh, wow. Let's let's take a couple of pictures. Uh, let's take a look at a couple of pictures. Here's one with you, Guy Lafleur, and uh, there's you and Guy Lafleur. You remember that moment? Well, that's a long time ago. <laughs> uh, nah, not really. I, uh, I don't know who did. Celebrate. It's Canada did. Cup. You're celebrating a goal there. Okay. Probably he scored that goal anyway. <laughs> uh, let's let's take a look at uh, you and Guy and 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 Marcel Dion. Uh, there's you and Guy. Th yeah, that moment, I'm sure you remember, right? Yeah, that was uh, when he retired. I believe uh, was his, uh, his last game, in '82 or '83. Retired the first time. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, they, they he had retired, and they brought him back so that the fans can. Uh, yeah. Can give him a round of applause, right? And then there you met up. He, he came to our bench and shook hands with everybody. So yeah, he was a good man, very good man. You remember what you said to him? Pardon me? Do you remember what you said to him by any chance when you shook uh, hands? I just shook hands, you know, like the crowd was really loud. And uh, I just told him, uh, congratulations, he for a wonderful career and uh, retire young. Retire young. Let's take a look at the picture, another picture, you, Guy Lafleur, and uh, Marcel Dion. We talk about greatness. 
Uh, you were number one that. overall in 1970. Lafleur number one overall in 71. And Marcel Dion, number two in 71. That's a Hockey Hall of Fame? Yeah, that was uh, at, the, at, at this uh, restaurant in Rosemere. Uh, we had a press conference there for... Uh, I'm not sure if it was for his last tour uh, in Quebec, in Canada. I think we, it was his last year playing uh, for the Hockey Legend. Quebec has produced very good players after Gilbert Perrault and after Guy Lafleur. Mario Lemieux, of course, comes to mind. Uh, and there's been others after that. But you talk to those who were huge hockey fans back in the 70s. And they, they'll tell you they don't make them like Gilbert Perrault and Guy Lafleur anymore. Um, do you think hockey has become too strategic, too tactical, too systemic? Well, tactical, you know. I mean, it's uh, our time was, you know, when we were playing in the in the seventies, it was uh, instinct uh, hockey. I mean, we knew the when I was playing with Rene Robert and Rick Martin. If I was making a bad back, but I knew it was going to be there, you know. So we didn't practice that. It was just natural, yeah. I guess. And I'm sure he was like that with Steve Schott and uh, and John Vermeer or Pete Mahovlich. Yeah. It wasn't. Now, today, you know, the, you need a good power play today. You look at that at the game, it's pretty even all the time. You know, you shoot the puck in, everybody goes in the corner, and they try to dig the puck there and, you know, make the paint front and... Uh, Power play today is very important. Later on, when your careers were over, uh, there was the alumni would play games, the legends would tour, and you and Guy Lafleur played together. Did you not? For how many years? Uh, we did, uh, I don't know, I probably played 15 years or between 10 and 15. I, I don't recall how many years, but uh, I know I did the last year. They called me. Yeah. Retired at 55, you know, with the legend. I said, I don't want to play anymore. Yeah. And uh, they called me back when I was 60. They said, well, you got to play with, with Guy uh, the last the last tour, you know. Like, So I said, well, I'm going to go back on my bis uh, stationary bicycle <laughs> for about a couple of weeks. Yeah. And I pick up about uh, four games. I said, I'm going to play uh, Sherbrooke and Drummondville, Shawinigan. And uh, Montreal, and that was it for me after that. <laughs> and and, and but, you, did you play on a line with Guy Lafleur? Oh yes, we played many many years together. Uh, play, I don't know. Sometimes we, you know, it's all depends where we were playing. Sometimes if there were a lot Montreal Canadian player, they were playing with him, you know. So I was playing with Marcel Dion or different different players. But I did play a lot with him. Yeah. Guy Lafleur told us when the alumni uh, and he'd go around and they would play their games in Western Canada uh, that he was probably even more popular there than he was in Quebec. As someone who played with him in those Legends games and on tour, can you talk to us about uh, Lafleur and the amount of attention that he drew? Oh, gee, popular. Talking about popular, unbelievable out west how popular he was. And every game, you know, we're playing UConn, and uh, I mean, everybody knew him. I mean, he was uh, he was putting the shoe on too on the ice. I mean, he was working really hard in those games, and uh, 
he was just a spectacular, it's a very spectacular player to watch. Uh, give 100% all the time, and uh, and he was, he loved to play hockey. You even Gilbert, even playing in those Legends games. Oh, yes. He, he wanted was. he wanted to be the best. He wanted oh, yeah. to put on a show. Yeah, oh, yeah, put the show on every game. And, you know, they told me that he was, when he was playing in the NHL, it was three hours before the game. It was the same thing. With the legend, three hours before the game, it was uh, it was ready for for it was ready for that, and uh, it was just uh, amazing to watch it. I mean, how hard he was working and uh, loved to score goals, loved to score goals. Yeah, real passion for the game, eh? Oh yes, yes, he had a lot of passion there. You imagine the amount of pictures that he took and the amount of autographs that he signed. Oh, see. Like I said, I saw him coming out of the bus. He was signing inside of the uh, the ring. He was signing after the game. He was signing. He goes at the hotel. He was signing again. So never stop. It was uh, you know usually like people. Well, people were always there for him, and he never he always said, "Well, I'm going to sign him. I'm going to sign him." Sometimes we were waiting for him in the bus, but that that was game signing signing autographs. His sister-in-law was saying at the funeral, and she's known him for about 50 years, of course, because he met Lee's back in the early 70s and they got married, that uh, all the time they spent together, every time they went to a restaurant and they tried to enjoy a good meal or have a glass of wine, not one night did somebody not come over and say, can I take a picture? Can I have an autograph? And he would make them sit down, whether it was an older gentleman, whether it was uh, a young woman, whether it was to introduce them to their kids, their son, their daughter. Um, to think that, uh, you know, I don't know if I've ever met an athlete who belonged to the public as much as he did, right? He Well, he was good, very good with the people. I mean, I, I'm sure when he had his, his uh, restaurant in Bertierville or Rosemary, he, he must have been there a lot and uh, to talk to the people. Uh, he was very so so popular. He loved the people, loved to talk to them. He knew what how popular he was, and uh, he he loved he loved that, and uh, he loved to be uh, good with the, good to the people, because uh, people were paying good money, you know, to go and watch him, and that's what he was getting back. It's the Sick Podcast, and you can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram at the Sick Podcast, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. It's absolutely free. You know, at the funeral, and everyone was um, talking about Gila Fleur and paying tribute to him. And I, I think I thought the speeches, by the way, were absolutely fantastic. Uh, Jeff Molson, Larry Robinson, uh, Guy Carboneau, his son Martin, uh, Patrick Roy, Ivan Cournoyer. Uh, you know, uh, the list was going on. Yeah, um, the list, it, I, I, thought, I thought they were awesome. And I, as I was sitting down in the church and everyone was talking about, he loved to make people happy, right? He loved to make people happy. He, he loved to do things for people. And, you know, so I, I run into you at the funeral and um, I get your number and I have you on the podcast. And I thought the whole time, you know, what's more fitting then we're talking about Gila Fleur who loved to make people happy that I in turn will try and make somebody happy myself. Okay. So I've never done this before on the podcast, but I want to bring in a very dear friend of mine 
who's been talking to me about Gilbert Perot ever since I was a little kid. And he wants to say hello to you, and he wants to tell you about one of your one of his favorite Gilbert Perot stories and talk to you about how great you were. I'm going to bring him in. Come in, Pino. Come in. Sit down. All right. I've never done this before. Gil, all right. All right. So I'll introduce him. I'll introduce him. And um, Pino Azaro gave me my first start in radio back in 1995. He was hosting a show on Sunday nights and asked me to help him out as an intern, which I did for a couple of months. It gave me the bug and uh, I made my way into the business. So uh, Pino used to go to all the junior Canadians games. So right. let's get the microphone away from you. There you go. Hi, Peter. How are you? What an honor. What an honor. Thank you very much for having accepted this invitation. I'm really, really honored. And, uh, and, I'm, and uh, I'm sorry if I'm going to get emotional. I'm one year younger than you. I was, I'm, I'm going to be oh, yeah. I turned You're seven. hockey fans during the, the 60s. I, I became a hockey fan. I became a hockey fan in 68, uh, thanks to Bobby Orr. All right. and, and I tell you, I became an instant Boston Bruins fan. However, however, since I lived in St. Henry of Montreal, close to the forum, I used to attend every Saturday night game of the big, the big team, standing room only because I couldn't afford seats. Uh, and on Sunday nights, I was at every junior Canadians game. And I became your biggest, biggest fan. And I, I always said to anybody that cared to listen, if Gilbert Perrault ever had a chance to play for the Montreal Canadiens, today we'll be talking about Gilbert Perrault in Quebec, in Montreal, in the same sentence as we do of the great uh, Guy Lafleur. Uh, well, in the 60s, it was for three years, three or four years, it was a really exciting hockey, junior hockey. It was incredible. Yeah. I just want to. I just want to pick your brain a second. I just want to bring back uh, two events uh, that left a mark. Besides all your scoring abilities, uh, picking up the puck, uh, rushing up the ice, uh, and scoring amazing goals. Two events: the uh, game against uh, the Soviet national team. You remember mm -hmm. that one? Yeah. You remember that? That's when 21,000 people at the forum. I was at the game. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Do you remember the game at all? Oh, the way yeah. the, the game, the game evolved. I believe we beat them what seven two or nine, nine? to nine to three. You were down two nothing. You were down two nothing. You were down two nothing after the first period, and you came back. I believe in that game you scored three goals or two goals and three assists. Yeah, uh, and and you had big players that went on. To play in the Canada Cup of 1972, Tetriak was in net. Yeah, uh, yeah, it wasn't. It was the same Karmalov, team. Yeah. big, 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 big names. And and there's one one particular moment that I'll I'll never forget. There was a, this gentleman at a seat behind the glass uh, at uh, at the same level as the net. And after the ninth goal. Uh, he stood up and uh, he was hanging on to the glass and he started chanting. Uh, uh, you remember? It was Andre Bertrand. It was, it was incredible. The other memory that I have, and this brings in Guy Lafleur, the great Guy Lafleur, was the Richardson Cup. Mm -hmm. If you remember that one. Richardson, uh, Richardson Cup. Guy Lafleur played for the Quebec Ramparts against the Montreal Junior Canadiens. Oh yeah, that was a semi-final against. Uh, that was the Quebec, the Quebec League against the OHA, but it was Montreal against. Correct, Quebec. correct. And you oh, yeah. beat you beat Quebec 
three and all. Like you, yeah, you, we are, you know, we we won two Memorial Cup there. We are such a good team correct. too, you know. Correct. Like correct. We, we beat uh, Toronto, uh, I believe, in final in seventeen before playing against Quebec. So it Je was uh, it was a fantastic year as a junior. I mean, the crowd was there. We had all kind of uh, all different plays or different lots of fight. <laughs> there was uh, Goblenski, remember him? Oh, yes, Alan, yeah, yeah. I talked, I talked to Alan uh, a couple of months ago, yeah. I talked to him, and uh, oh, we had uh, an exciting team, very exciting. All, all I can say, thank you for the memories, and it was such a pleasure coming to the forum and watching you and the rest of the Canadians uh, putting on such a great show and to see the fans that. react. The, and I remind the people that are listening to the podcast, many, many games, the junior Canadians outdrew the big team. Yeah. You had, a, you had a full house. Gilbert, did. I'm going to give you... I believe one year Montreal didn't make the playoff, and that's why, you know, it's everybody came to the junior game. But the year after, they won the Sunday Cup anyway. <laughs> Gilbert, I thank you very much. It was a pleasure talking to you. I'm going to give the mic back to the Tony. Right. Thank you. Take care, man. Take care. There Thank you. you. So I never did that before, but, you know, Pino Azaro, like I said, uh, who's a very dear friend of my father's, uh, they have been since uh, the late 60s, uh, he, uh, he gave me my start in radio. So I said, uh, on a night where we're paying tribute to Gila Fleur, who did so many nice things for so many people, uh, why don't I uh, repay uh, Pino knowing how much uh, you meant uh, Pino's life? Uh, and uh, you gave him an itch for hockey. And I have one of these, which I picked up at Christmas time, um, a Montreal Canadiens jersey, Guy Lafleur, and I got it to his good friend, Donnie Cape, uh, who saw it and um, talked to Lafleur about it and said, uh, Tony Marinero has your jersey. And he said, get me that jersey. That jersey deserves to be signed. And so I got this one, and uh, I'm, I'm so proud of it. And I've had a chance after listening to my dad and Pino talk to me about the great Gilbert Perrault so much that I've watched so many of your highlights on YouTube. And the next jersey I'm going out and getting is a Buffalo Sabres number 11 Gilbert Perrault. And if at some point we can meet up and you can do me the honor of signing it, I would sure. really love that. That'll be my pleasure to do it. Fantastic. Gilbert, I know it's been a, a very, very long day, a very taxing day, a very emotional day, but... In ending, if we can end on, on a note, and what do you want people to know about Guy Lafleur? Well, he was a very good, good man, very good person. Give, uh, give time to everybody. You know, uh, we were lucky to, uh, the legend, hockey legend, lucky to have him playing with us because... Uh, he was so popular and uh, and bringing with him, you know, playing with us. People we were packed, you know. We had people, a lot of people in all yeah. different arenas and uh, and uh, through Canada, everywhere, everywhere. We went. He really, he really went beyond hockey, though, right? Like he was, you know, so loved by so many people yeah. for the fact that he was, he was. He was imperfect, but that's why so many people loved him. Because at the end of the day, I never met anyone who's perfect. 
Uh, he's a, such a good man. Gives a lot of time to people, to his fan. And uh, I got two sons, you know, they, they love Gilafer. I mean, they met Gilafer uh, many years ago. I don't know how long ago, probably 15, yeah. 20 years ago. We played uh, in Three Rivers, and my two sons uh, had a chance to play with me on the same line. So. Uh, what a thrill they had, and uh, it was good to them. And every time he had a puck, he was giving them make sure that they, they were scoring a goal or something. So he was really good to them. So what a what a man, and uh, yeah, humble and a great person to be around, and uh, uh, was great for this the province of Quebec, but great for hockey all over the world. Yeah. Hey, because you're such a great conversation, actually one or two more things here and I'll, and I'll do it very quickly. But um, when he retired for the first time, right back in 1984, um, as an opponent, did, did, did you think, did you think he was going to re retire? How much did his retirement surprise you or not? His first one. Oh, he did. Uh, did really surprise me. That was what? Starting in 71 and... Uh, 84. He was 33. 33. Yeah, that's, you know, he, I was young, you know, 33 years old. But I guess he was not happy and they didn't want to trade him, I guess. Yeah. Uh, I know he was asked, he asked to be traded and uh, they didn't want to trade him. Serge Savard did not want to trade Guy Lafleur. He did not well, want to be the man who traded Guy Lafleur. Not even that. Imagine if you trade him, he goes to uh, Edmonton with Wayne and scores 60 goals. Wow. That's uh, Montreal would look that good. Uh, that, you know. And when Stanley Cups, to, to think that he was three and a half years out of hockey. Yeah. And he came back, he came back and he yeah. put up 45 points with the Rangers, I believe. And then the year after, almost a point a game with the Nordiques and that famous game with the Rangers when he came back to score two goals yeah. and one assist versus the Canadians. As a 37-year-old, wasn't yeah. that like out of all the, the great moments he had in his career and most of them with the Canadians, that night with the Rangers getting the ovation that he did at the Montreal Forum, wow. Well, that's what I just said before, you know, how powerful this man was. Retire for three three years, come back, and be a still good hockey player. I mean, it was not 20, 25, but I mean... Even at 36, 37, still a great occupier. Yeah. At uh, at age 70, you obviously went too young. Uh, I'm glad to see that you're doing well. Gilbert Perrault, please take care of yourself because you were never a Montreal Canadian, but we always wished that you would have been. We love you so much, and uh, you were truly one of the greatest sure. players in the history of the National Hockey League. They love the two French Canadians in 70s. That's why. Yeah, the the, the, yeah. the French-Canadian rule, right? The, the, the year right. that you were number one overall, um, that rule that the Canadians would have the top two French-Canadians that didn't yeah. exist anymore, correct? That was it. That was it. That's why I went to Buffalo. Could you imagine how many Stanley Cups the Montreal Canadiens was Gilbert Perrault? I would have. I only asked for one. <laughs> but, you know... Uh, yeah, they had that rule coming up. I, I'm not sure even... I think they were not able to trade their first pick. Okay. I think Buffalo and Vancouver, they were not able to trade their first pick. They, they were just trying to help the new franchise at that time. 
Cup or no cup, you're a champion in my book on the ice and off the ice. Once again, it was a very, very tough day. I was so happy to see you. We love you, Gilbert Perot, and thank you for this honor of being on the SICK podcast. Well, thank you for having, for having me. Thank Merci you. beaucoup. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, we lost you. Go ahead. Nice meeting you. <laughs> very nice to meet you, too. All the best to you. The great Gilbert Perot. I'm Marinaro. It's the SICK podcast. Tell your friends about it. Where great recognizes great. Rest in peace, Guy. We love you. Good night. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by 8.6, Intense by Nature, and Lakage. If the last time you went to Lakage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lakage. The menu will surprise you. <laughs>